Good morning. Good morning. My name is Dan Margulies. I'm filling in for by Lindsay while he is otherwise occupied on vacation. Today is August 23rd, and it is the 19th of Av. Already this Shabbat is Shabbat Mavarchim, so Av is running out. Elul is soon, so I have to think about that. And just before we start the Gemara, I just wanted to read very briefly from the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchot Chovel Mazik in Sefer Nizikin. The Rambam points out the fact that, like I was saying yesterday, this is a very polemical topic. The topic of Ein Tachat Ein, how do we assess the valuation of damages in the case of one person punches another person in the face. Uh, these are all very important. It sounds like, at least from the shot of the Psukim, it might mean that you actually are supposed to injure people the way that they got, that, that they injured others. Ram says, Even though the way the halacha comes out, that is that we require monetary restitution, is based on drashot and makes a certain amount of sense based on the psukim, nonetheless, All of these are in the category of laws, that is, the idea that ayin tachat ayin means monetary restitution, is in the category of Torah Shabalpeh, of dvarim hamikubalimi pimoshe rabbeinu, things that... Um, were transmitted orally to Moshe and were transmitted through all the generations. And Rambam continues, all of these are this is how our courts act. Every Beit Din in Jewish history from the time of Yehoshua, from the time of Shmuel has always understood Ayin Tachar Ayin to mean monetary compensation and that's because that's a tradition going back. The reason why there are all of these drashot is because the category of Devarim HaMekubalimi Pimoshe Rabbeinu are things which might have a certain hint in the Torah text or make a certain amount of logical sense to separate category from Halachal Moshe Misinai. Halachal Moshe Misinai are things which have no connection to the text at all, which are totally based on tradition. So that's a difference between this category and those. Yeah, so, where, yes, where that Rambam? that's Rambam right in the first chapter of Hilchot Chovel Umazik. And we are going to pick up where we left off yesterday on the fourth of the, from the bottom line on Pei Gimel Amud Bet, where it says Tanya. But, 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 I'm yes. sorry, the Gemara didn't use that Lashon of Devarim Mekubal. Correct. That's, that's the Rambam's term, five, according to the Rambam, there are five categories of Torah Shebelpeh. Number one are Devarim HaMekubalim Pimosher Rabbeinu, things which are received tradition, but which do have a certain hint in the text, and about which there's no machloket. That's category number one. Category... So if there are drashot, to a certain extent, it's coming up with the drasha afterwards for a halacha that we already know. Okay. Number two is halacha lemoshe misinai. Halacha lemoshe misinai has no hint in the text, but also has no machloket. And that's also a tradition going back. The third category about which all of the machlokot are about is the question of, of uh, things learned out from drashot. According to the Rambam, things that are learned out from drashot because pe- there's a certain amount of discretion in making those drashot, so that's where the machloket comes from. And the last two categories are gzerot and takanot. What's the difference between a gzerot and a takanot is it for another time. So the Gemara says, picking up from the fourth from the bottom line on Pei Bet in Bavakama. We started Perek HaChovel yesterday. The Mishnah had listed five different things that you have to pay different types of compensation, and the Gemara had launched us into a discussion of how do we know that there's monetary compensation at all? Doesn't Ayn Tachat Ayn sound like if somebody blinds somebody's eye, you poke out their eye? So, we saw the first main attempt yesterday, which was the discussion of, well, maybe it's learned out from Gzera Shava, from Makeh Makeh, learned from um, when a, if a person injures an animal, uh, that if you injure an animal, you have to pay back the damage caused. We're going to see many other attempts today. The first part of today's daf is going to be a discussion of many other attempted proofs for why Ein Tachat Ein refers to monetary compensation. So they really, they're, you know, we're uncomfortable with... Well, clearly they were... Exactly. That's exactly the point, which is to say, in trying to defend what was fundamentally an oral tradition against its critics, you have to be able to provide some kind of justification, uh, particularly in a society where other cultures had followed a law that took it literally, uh, it became important for Chazal to justify. And that's, again, we see in the Middle Ages as well. Ibn Ezra quotes from Sadia Gaon many, uh, many polemics against the Karaites about this, and the Rambam's point is clearly a polemical point in Chovel Omazik. We have to clarify, you know, this really always has been the Jewish halakha, 
uh, and then the fact that other societies use the same words to refer to a very different law is a separate discussion. Okay, so the Gemara says, Tanya. all cared about shot. Well, Chazal always cared about pshat, but this isn't exactly about pshat. It's about can we make drashot that justify what, in the end, boils down to boils down to tradition. So let's see what it says here. Tanya, Rabbi Dostai ben Yehuda Omer, Ein tachad Ein, Mamona Taomer, Mamono Eno Ela Ein, Mamash. So how do we know it refers to money and not just a real eye? That is, you poke somebody's eye out. So if one person, that is the person who injured the, the mazik, had a big eye, and the nizak, the one who was damaged, had a very small eye. Ah, okay, so that's the question. What does the size have to do with it? So some interpretations might... So some of the mafarshim might say... Size doesn't really mean size. Like, the physical size doesn't ob- matter that much, but it's about the quality of vision. What if the person who was the mazik was a, had a very good sight? They should have said that. That's they should have said that. So that's not what it says. So small and large is, go- is a good question. What does that have to do with it? Perhaps also just means if you're going to injure one-third of his eye, well, that'll be a larger piece than if you injured one-third, if he injured one-third of your eye. Clearly, there has to be some sort of semblance of sense to this. Okay, so we're, we're going to take it to the point where the idea of fully uh, reciprocal um, uh, reciprocal punishment is going to become nonsensical because there's no case in which it's going to be perfectly equal. So that's exactly the point. It can't be one, one eye in place of the other because they're not equal. Okay. So, so if you take money, then that's fine. So the Torah requires that you say mishpat echad yelachem that the valuation or the assessment in a just system should be equivalent in every case. That is, there has to be a way of doing it equally. Mishpat The law has to be the same for everyone. So if one person has a large eye and one person has a small eye, then the law will be unfair because it would require either blinding one person's very large eye, which would be a larger loss, or vice versa okay okay I, I hear that that critique certainly is a good question which is that the physical size doesn't seem as relevant to the question as anything else okay so Amre my so maybe it's just referring to the fact that since he took away vision that you take away his vision and it doesn't actually have to do with the physical eye so who cares about the size of the eye so that then in that case you could blind his eye because if it was something fully equivalent then you could so so the rejoinder is well what if a short person killed a very tall person and we know that's a capital crime so but oh it's a, a large person and a small person so then in that case it wouldn't be equivalent. The life lost compared to the life that the capital punishment will be taking won't be equivalent, and the law has to be fair and equal. So that, so uh, how? Well, why can't you say that? Okay. So in that case, the reason why we say it does count as equivalent is because one life is equivalent, more or less, to another life. If the Torah said, take his life, and then that's what you do. And that's equivalent. One life is equivalent to another life. So if he took away a person's sight, then you should take away his sight. And that should be considered equivalent enough. So that's a rejection of Rabbi Dostai ben Yehuda's suggestion. That is, we're going to see many drashot here that are going to have a suggestion, and many of them will be rejected. So that was a rejection of Rabbi Dostai ben Yehuda, because his idea of the equivalence uh, kind of doesn't hold water when compared to capital case. Capital case, we basically say every life is more or less equivalent in court so every eye should be considered more or less equivalent in court as well so that we, but we still convert to what we said yesterday there's ayin dachadayin that's how I mean, I mean um, whatever. so whatever that, so that, that yeah, one seemed to be well fleshed out and well supported but we're going to see it's a machloket tanaim so there, and, and amoraim so there are going to be many other pr- approaches so we have to go through all of them okay. taking a life here seems to be equivalent to the taking of vision as opposed to the but the vision of the right it's not the physical eye right a, it doesn't say Eina Amarachmana so it says Nehora Amarachmana right. right so as of this moment is the Talmud considering the possibility that I could blind somebody it's not the issue of the size of the eye but the absence the of the absence of sight exactly spiritual like or, or intangible intangible right. okay. um 
And the other thing to note, of course, important point, uh, well, it's going to come up later as well, but the, fine, well, leave that for now. Okay, Tani Ida. So, another suggestion. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Ayn Tachat Ayn, Mamona Ta Omer, Mamono Enu Ela Ayn Mamash. So that's our same question. Is it a real eye or is it money? Okay, Shahareshi Suma. What if a person was blind himself? Visime. And then he went and blinded someone else. So now there's no way he could be reciprocated because he already can't see. So there's no way you could take away his sight. Or Kita. Kitea uh, Vikita, uh, uh, or if he had his uh, limb amputated and then he amputated someone else's limb. Chiger, uh, Bichiger. So if. Kitea, as far as I understand, he's missing, missing a limb and Chiger is, un- is limping, unable to walk. Um, okay. So in those cases, since the reciprocity would be impossible, the person already has the injury which he has now caused to someone else. So, there's no chance for reciprocity. You could not say, Ayn tachar ayn. amra mishpat achad, yelachem mishpat hashavelekuchem. And the, the principle has to apply equally to all cases. Therefore, we can't say, What? Why would you think it means that? It says, it, first of all, it That's say, a drasha, though. No, it's not the pshat. What doesn't make sense? First of all, it's not mishpat achad. It's not the... It's for you and a gear. I mean, that, that's the puzzle. Okay, it's so not for all of you in all cases. And it's, it's how often does halakha always only care about what it means in context okay, in the puzzle? If you're gonna like, you know, kvetch it, then they can okay. give a real answer. Like. But they ha- this is their answer. Their principle is mishpanachat yelachem is a real defining principle in halakha. That is, you can't tell me a person who is blind, we're gonna make him pay money. A person who's not blind, we're gonna okay. poke out his eye. They don't connect there. That's what they're saying. It doesn't make sense. You might not like it, but that's what they're saying. I don't like it. Okay, you cannot like it. You're allowed. It's still halacha. Okay. So mishpat shavu lekucham amre umai kashia dilma hecha de efshar efshar hecha dilo efshar lo efshar. So maybe you should just say, oh, in cases where it's possible, then you do it. That is, a seeing person who blinds another person, you would blind that person. And if a blind person blinded someone, then you would just require compensation. Okay, so then, what happens a second ago? Mishpat ayachat So that's the question. That's w- this is Shakovataria. You ask a right, question, right. you give an answer. Right, it goes so back and forth. Like okay, so your question. Okay. Umay kushizim hechad efshar efshar hechad lo efshar lo efshar patrina le hilo tema achi. So, right, okay. So, Trefa, Shaharagata Shalem, what if a person who was was mortally wounded, that is, is going to die within a few months, let's say, killed someone who was healthy, okay? So, what would we do in that case? Because in such a case, similarly, if you look in Rashi, you see what Rashi says, the last wide line in the top on Rashi, Hagavra Katilahu. A trefa, a person who has this mortal injury, is going to die eventually, relatively soon. We have a, a, a presumption that this person is already halakhically considered, quote-unquote, a dead person already, gavra katila. That is, uh, to a certain extent, uh, their life is already over. And therefore, if they would be executed at that point, then it wouldn't be equivalent to having killed a healthy person. If you kill a healthy person, you've taken away years and years and years of their life. If you kill a trefa, you've taken away a month or two of their life. So that's Rashi's point. So, and therefore, and therefore, and this becomes a problem Rabbi Akiva Eger has a, a question on it, is, according to Rashi, this case then, if a trefa, a person with a mortal injury, killed a healthy person, and then the witnesses came and said, testify that that person killed this person, they're trying to get him executed by death penalty. That's Eidoshi Yatayachola Hazima. That's, like we saw a few days ago, it's a, a set of witnesses who can't be considered conspiring witnesses. They can't be turned into Edim Zomamim. Why? <laughs> because there's no possibility for that. Because if they will then be proven to be Edim Zomamim, if they'll be proven to have been conspiring witnesses, well, all they were trying to do, says Rashi, is to kill a Gavra Katila, to kill a person who's already, as if, considered dead. And therefore we wouldn't execute them, and that would be and one of the disqualifications of witnesses is we don't accept any testimony that does not retain the protections of the system of Edim Zomamim. That is, to be a good witness, it has to have the potential to turn into conspiring witnesses. That's a safeguard of the legal system. Nevertheless, this would apply if someone who has already been sentenced to death 
And between the sentencing and the time he's executing until someone. Right, and that's discussed in the first parak in Masachet. First parak, third parak. I don't remember. I think it's the first parak. In Masachet Arachin, discusses what about a person who is already Yotzei Lahareg, a person whose court case had already been finalized. He's walking on death, walk, you know, green, uh, dead man walking on the green mile, right? So he's walking down, uh, walking down to the electric chair, as it will not say, like to the skila um, cliff. He's going to the skila cliff. So at that point, if a person says, uh, oh, Erki Alai, I would have to pay my Erech to the Beit HaMikdash, we, uh, we say, um, So other people can't consider his value for Erechin, and he even himself can't assess his value for Erechin, so it's considered as if he's already dead. In that Nevertheless, case. you try to do that to a ghost he would be killed. Okay, and we have a whole discussion about what's the difference between a Tresa and a ghost yeah. and how, and... Yeah. Yes, those are extent, and obviously, Halakha in terms of... Uh, medical questions nowadays so-called pulling the plug situations are very complicated and you know qualified post scheme should be consulted and medical experts etc 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 okay so okay so then we have now an answer for Shimon Bar Yochai exactly Michael's objection which is okay so then if it's possible to reciprocate punishment then you should do that and if it's not possible then you have another possibility you would say either he's patur or perhaps you patur him from the physical injury but you would allow him to pay a monetary okay, compensation patrinan here means you don't kill him but he has to pay I'm not sure you could read it either way patrinan lay could mean patur from the physical injury therefore you have to pay that you're, you're patur from the ideal case or maybe it just means totally patur. So but that's why this suggestion is, seems to be rejected. So Debe Rabbi Ishmael Tana Amar Kra. So it, uh, uh, now this is our what fourth suggestion today. So the Tana from uh, Rabbi Ishmael's school said Amar Kra ki yinatein bo. So this is referring to um, right kasher yitain mumba adam keninatein bo that whatever you do to someone else should be done to you. It's a different part of the paragraph that discusses Ayn Tacharayn. He says, Yinatein bo will be given, not given to him, the injury will be given to him, but he will have to pay the money compensating for that injury. That is, the word notain doesn't refer to giving an injury. The word notain refers to giving what money. Okay, so talk to Tan the baby every smile. Okay, that's his drusha. He says, bo means you pay money. So what I mean, we see the word notain is used to refer to an injury as well, giving someone an injury. Okay, so so in that case, you would also say that that refers to to monetary yeah. I- injury. Obviously not, because it says a mum. A mum is a physical injury. So So maybe we can say uh, that the Tana debate Rabbi Ishmael. If we remember, Rabbi Ishmael is more restrictive about which types of drashot he's willing to make. So perhaps he's only willing to to make this drasha because the word yinatein bo is an extra word. That is, he's not telling you the word netina means always means financial compensation rather than giving the injury. He means in that pasuk, the word ki yinatein bo, that yinatein is extra and he's willing to make a drasha from an extra word. So another pasuk, a person who gives an injury to his friend so whatever he did should be done back to him. Ki yinatein bo lamali. So then it's redundant. So why does it say ki yinatein bo? Shema mamon. So ki yinatein bo lamali shema mamon. So that's Rabbi Shema, the Tana debate Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. Kasher yitain mumba adam lamali. So then why does it say that he gave an injury to his friend? That also seems redundant based on these other psukim. So he says lamali. It is a by the mitzvah ki yinatein ki yinatein bo katav nani kasher yitain mumba adam. So, no, then it used a parallel formulation. Since it said, ki yinatein bo, to refer to the financial compensation, it says, ki yitain mumba adam, to make clear that financial compensation becomes equivalent in the eyes of halakha, going back to the initial injury. Okay, now another suggestion. Rabbi Siyatana Amarkra. So, Atana from the school of Rabbi Siyat said. So, that's not rejected. That doesn't seem to be rejected. That actually, right, Tana Debei Rabbi Shmuel's position seems to be a reasonable position. We didn't have any good kashas on it. So, at least for now, but... Because it's yater, basically. Right, he, ha- he has an extra word. He made a drasha on the extra word. 
to, to say that that's financial compensation. So, and again, the question is, if we're going to have a few a few different drashot at the end, but I need all the is there any, what, what's the nafkamina between any of them? Like, they're all here to su- support the same principle. That's another interesting but question. It's hard to digest. That's what you it is, of course. So you need a lot of justification. You need to prove that every single place that Torah mentions the idea of Ayn Tacharayin, I think it's three times, right? Shmot, Vaikra, and Dvarim. So each of those is really talking about Mamon. So, as we have to see. So, Rabbi Fiyat Tana Amar Kra. Somehow they don't do the same thing with Otsubash Gudi. Okay, so they do something else with Otsubash Gudi. They have an extended sugi about that too. Okay, so we'll get there in a few months. It's harder to digest. No <laughs> <laughs> So, Debe Rabbi Fiyat Tana Amar Kra. Yad biyad. So, one of the equivalences is, you know, each of these injuries, one of them, the Pasuk says, Yad biyad. A hand for a hand. But a hand for a hand doesn't mean hand for a hand. That is, if you cut someone's hand off, you're going to have your hand cut off. Rather, it means, It means what is given from hand to hand. That is, money. That is, you pay back the value of the hand. So, but then why does the Pasuk also have to say a foot for a foot or a leg for a leg, depending? So, so, so no, the fact is that Rabbi Fia, the Tana of Rabbi Fia's school is also only darshaning the fact that there's an extra word. That is, there's a redundant phrase. So, by conspiring witnesses, we say, we do to them what they tried to do to their friend. That is, they conspired against this person and said, wanted to get him to pay $100, so they're going to have to pay $100. They wanted to kill him, then they're going to be killed. If they wanted to... Um, say that this coin is really a Ben Grusha, the first mission in Makos, well then we give them 40 lashes because we don't have any equivalent punishment to give them. Okay. So if we would say that by Edim Zolomim, conspiring witnesses, that we give them a full reciprocal punishment, punishment punishment, that is we actually, if they wanted to, to uh, I can't even really think about it, but that their hand would be cut, that they wanted to get this guy's hand cut off, so we should cut their hands cut off, that is, that they wanted to actually do to him. So if you think that that's mamash, so yad bayad lamali, then why do we have to say yad bayad? So must be shmamina mamon, so regal beregal lamali, so then why do I have regal beregal, which is again redundant? So, so it sounds redundant, because why do you have yad bayad and regal beregal? Okay. So that seems to be that sense re- the, the fact that there's the redundancy comes to teach the mamon. Wait, wait, I have a question. Yeah. Yes. So are we saying here concluding that they would only have to pay monetary damages? That's the thrust of the entire daf and a half. No, the whole okay, suit. This particular. Yeah, for sure. Domain. Right. So, so is that how we hold? So by Adam Zoma, well, exactly. Well, by capital crime, if they wanted to accuse someone of a capital crime, then they're executed. But if they try to accuse someone of a monetary crime or or monetary let's obligation, say, using the, the argument, right. right? Exactly the point. The argument because the original person. We're, we're trying to decide if the original person would be receiving a... Oh, you're saying it's a circular argument. Yeah, yeah it seems a little bit oh, circular. Um, it's circular. I, don't, I didn't see it as circular. No, I saw it as, Adin Zoma means the law is clear. Here, the law is not clear. The primary thing is not clear. Is it monetary or is it literal? But we know, we know that the law for Adin Zoma means in a case of damages is always going to be money. But that's circular. That's assuming that Adam Zomim is money and not if they wanted to cut his hand off that they'll have their hand uh, cut off. Apparently, that was like no, that was like clear. Or perhaps it's clearly established. Perhaps the punishment on the original person, right? That these Adam are coming to contradict, right? If we're saying that he's never going to get his hand cut off, but only. Right, then how come the Adim, right, will have to pay money, so it must be, exactly, right. Whether to cut their hand Right, that is, well, well, that's exactly the point. That is, they're trying to make him do X, and we know that when they fail and are proven guilty, they should get X. The problem is we know that all they have to do is pay money. Right. Therefore, it must be that the thing that he would have had to do is also the only pay money. Right. And then it's redundant because we have Yad Layad, Therefore, we can go back and say yad liyad must mean in a normal case of compensation also only means it is a little bit circular. But the problem is if they wanted to have him killed, they would be killed. They don't For sure. They money. That's right, because that's kasher, uh, um, right. uh, what is it? Uh, kasher right. you're, 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 you're splitting your vote. If it's capital, then we do say that. But if it's not, okay. then we don't. So we'll get to it when we get to Matachas Makos. But yes. 
Uh, okay, it's a long time, so we have to keep going. Okay, so the next suggestion, Abai Omer. So now we get into Amoraim, interestingly enough. So uh, Abai says, So Azia Meditani de Bechizkia. Abai is quoting from the school of Chizkia, from the Tanit. The Tanit de Bechizkia, Ein Tachat Ein Nefesh Tachat Nefesh. So you pay eye for an eye and a life for a life. Important to note, in Biblical Hebrew, the word Nefesh probably actually just means the throat. That's where the breath is. So it comes to mean the life of a person and a self and the soul and all other sorts of things because it goes back to that idea of the throat. So, Ein Tachat Ein Nefesh Tachat below nefesh v'ayin tacharayin and you cannot take a person's life and pay, take their eye for taking out an eye if you would say it actually means you poke out his eye there are some times that undergoing that kind of a procedure that is poking someone's eye out could actually kill the person, either from the pain or from the bleeding, especially if they could get an infection, things like that. So there are times when to try to take someone's vision away would end up killing them, and that would be totally unsupported by the text. That would go against the shot. So maybe we have to assess the person beforehand how much they'll be able to take, and we can't do it to them if we think that they might die from this. If they are able to, then we would do it to them. And if they find that they won't be able to take it, then we won't do it to them. And what if while you're assessing him to see whether he'll be able to take it, even with that, then he's going to die from that. They might limote. So meet uh, Milotan. Yeah, yeah, okay, but the point is that that's unfair. No, no, that's the Sigmar's answer. Right. right. Okay. Meaning, you know, we do. Like, you know, right. Dies, we try our best. Right. We try our best to see what we can find out. So he says, So if in trying to assess how many lashes a person could take, uh, the Beit Din, because the Beit Din is only allowed to hit you up until, the, to not lash you to death, because it's not a capital crime that you're getting lashes for. So therefore, if they were assessing how many lashes the person could take and then died from that, so, then the, the representative of the Beitin who's giving the lashes is exempt from that. Okay, he has a different explanation. A burn for a burn. It refers to a burn, which is a very painful injury, to suggest the fact that sa'ar, that is a, a payment for pain and suffering, is paid equivalent to the way that nezek is paid. That is, sa'ar, obviously you don't cause someone the pain, you have to pay them back for pain and suffering, so too, you pay the nezek as well, which is money. Why do you say petza is a burn? Because I thought it was a burn. So is what, a bruise? A wound. A wound. Open wound. Open wound, fine, okay. But more or less the same, that is a, a painful injury. It has sa'ar. Okay. And if you think it actually means to injure this person, so then, why do you need to have this halacha tsar b'makom nezek that you pay back the pain and suffering? He's already going to have experienced the pain himself because he's going to have received the injury. That is, receiving the equivalent injury will be totally equal, and therefore we'll never need all five five uh, categories of of payment because they'll all be included within that injury. And this one, will, he'll also have the pain and suffering. That is, both parties will have experienced more or less equivalent pain and suffering. Well, maybe there are people who are more sensitive and they feel greater pain. Okay. And there are people who are less sensitive and they don't have as much pain. And therefore, the pain wouldn't be equal between the two people. Meiri notes here the fact that suppose two people get into a fight and they both get beat up. Right? They beat each other up. So you don't just say, okay, you know, wipe our hands of it, it's done, because actually the amount of damage and the amount of injury caused to each party might not be equivalent, even though they, they both more or less beat each other up what looks like the same, because they feel the pain differently and because they experience the injuries differently, it might be actually end up being very different. So you don't just kind of like wipe your hands of it and move on. So the point is that 
that's exactly the argument, which is that if you're going to give tsar, tsar, you can't assess someone's pain and suffering to always be equivalent one to the next. There has to be some kind of financial component as well to equalize it. And once you say that, well, then you've said tsar is financial. And once you've said tsar is financial, we know tsar is b'makom nezek, so then the, the damage itself should also be paid financially as well. Okay. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Meaning, like, if he doesn't feel so much pain, then you pay money. But we meaning, the other way around. meaning, either way, that is, one person is going to experience more pain. One person is going to experience less pain. So there has to be money in between to exchange to equalize those two. Once you've said there's a financial component of tar. Basically, you're willing to say that tsar could be financial entirely. There's no need to cause the person the injury to begin with. And once we said tsar is the makom nezek, so then the nezek is also going to be financial. And then you're done. Then all you've said is there's a financial option, and since we prefer the financial option because it's easier, it's safer, it's better, it's more equivalent, it's more, uh, uh, it can be more yeah, fairly I'm extended. To prove his, th- his thing of, of Which? That it's money? No, we're trying to prove that everything is money. No, but then we rejected it. Isn't this the Which? rejection of the proof right Which now? proof? No. No. That was rejecting his... his what? That was supposed to reject his proof that it meant money. Why? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to... Why are we trying to reject? Not all of them are rejected. The way, they, the, way they, the way they're having this here. What, what does Artskull say? No, this is the rejection of the proof. That okay, so then, fine. So maybe it's a rejection. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's how Rashi says it. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. Now, I understand you know, it. You find a middle ground. You find a... Right, you is, right. That is, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be... Star, right. Be in between the two right. extremes. Right. And you use the amount that will bring it, you, you do it in such a way that you so cause... Right. some monetary compensation to equalize it, but that doesn't mean itself it doesn't, not literal. Right. <coughs> right. It doesn't get you off the hook from the actual pain. And therefore, we'll go on to Rav Papa. So, Rav Papa, Amar. Amar So, what is he quoting from? Rav Papa, there's an obligation for medical, medical expenses. So, the medical expenses are also equivalent kind of payment to Nezek. Okay. So the Ifakadatakmamash, if you think it actually refers to blinding someone's eye, the Hihechida Hai Bai. So Asya. Hai Dami Bai Asya. So and if you think at that point so that if you're gonna talk about blinding someone's eye, then it's not gonna Okay. Meaning, meaning that by each kind of injury, that person you also g- have to apply right. medical attention to right. the guy yeah. who you punish. Right, exactly, right. And, and therefore, take right. your eye for taking right. my eye, right. and then I'm going to pay your medical bill. Right, so then there's going to be no need for medical expenses to be paid at all. <laughs> and since verapoyurape means you pay for the injury, so but if he's being injured equivalently, then why do you have to pay back for his medical uh, expenses? Right. So, so well, maybe one person was more seriously injured than the other. So So what's the nafkamina? So and again, more or less the same type of rejection we saw by by tsar. That is fine. So but you find some way in the middle that's going to accommodate both ways. It's not going to have to be that you you you. That doesn't mean it does. It's not a knockout proof that you don't actually cause the injury. Rabbi Ashi Amar. No, but this, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. If they're going to use this argument, they're not using it in terms of how to figure out how much money to give the person. Correct. Right now, it's just, is it money at all? In other words, does this person heal more quickly? Right. Is that going to come into account in terms of how much Well, we're going to have to see. Where, exactly. How much the medical expenses are going to be is going to be discussed because exactly that question. And whether you go to this doctor or a different doctor, you go to a specialist who costs more money, but he does a better job healing, like all those kind of questions are major questions. Yes. Uh, it's a misfit to heal someone, uh, but it's, it's at least permission, right? But it's uh, it's not obvious that you can get paid for a misfit, so this also seems to be the uh, 
the source for a doctor being able to make a living. Yes, for sure. Uh, that's part of the discussion as well. We know that obviously, um, so that, I think that actually does come up in some of the discussion of, of doctoring is how much, how much is it fair for a doctor to charge and how, is a doctor allowed to, to be making money or is it just payment for, you know, exactly equal to the services rendered and things like that? Those are very interesting questions, especially, you know, nowadays people think a lot about medical expenses. Okay. Rabash Yamar. Mishor. We learn a Gezerah Shava from the word Tachat from, uh, from Shor. That is from the damages of, of an ox that we are already well familiar with. Interesting to note, the Vilnagon, who is very good at little gematrias and things and wordplay, uh, if you take the letters that are one step down that are Tachat from the word Ayin, so after Ayin comes Pei, after Yud comes Kaf, and after Nun comes Samech. So what does Pei Kaf Samech spell? If you mush it around, what's it anagram of? Kesef. So Tachat Ayin, Tachat Ayin. For an I, you pay Tachat Ayin. You pay what's underneath the I, which is Kesef. Okay. So Ate Tachat Tachat Mishor. So we learn Ikzer Shavar from the word Tachat. Ktiv Hacha Ayin Tachat Ayin. So here it says an I for an I. Ktiv Hatam Shalem Yishalem Shor Tachat Hashor. And there it says, in, uh, referring to damages caused by a shore, you pay an ox for an ox, but obviously you don't pay an ox for an ox, you just pay the money, because we already spent how many, uh, six chapters talking about that. Okay, so Malahala Mamon, Afkan Mamon. Therefore, since just like by damages by a shore, you just pay money, so too, by damages between human beings, you should also just pay money. So, my chazi diafa tacha tacha mishor. Why should you learn tacha tacha, the Gzereshava using the word tacha from the damages of a, sh- of a shore, of an ox? Neelach tacha tacha, me'adam. Maybe I should learn tacha tacha from a human being causes damages. Ziktiv. By capital crimes. This goes back to a similar kind of argument we saw yesterday. That is, do we compare chovel, that is, injuring a person, is it more equivalent to killing a person, or is it more equivalent to injuring an animal, or damages between animals? So we'll see here. So nefesh tachat nafesh, malahalan mamesh, afkan mamesh, and there, by killing a person, we actually do execute a person, because it's fully mamesh, that is, it's actually what we require. Okay, so Amre we should learn damages from other damages and not from capital crimes. So maybe we should learn human beings from human beings and not from animals. And that's the kasha on that. So Ella Amar Ravashi. So Ravashi now has a final opinion. Uh, so this is Ravashi himself first gave one opinion, then it was rejected, and Ravashi can come up with another opinion. So. That's referring, actually, to the payment in a case of rape, I believe, right? So there we learn tachat for monetary compensation in a case of human beings. Okay, and it's damages from damages. That is, it's human beings from human beings, it's damages from damages, and it's talking about financial restitution rather than a capital crime. So we see another case of human beings damaging each other where there's a financial payment rather than uh, a capital or, or corporal pay, uh, punishment. So Tanya, Rebbe Lazar, Omer, Ayn, Tachat, Ayn, Mamish. So, oh, we have the one Tana who seems to be totally not keeping up with the playbook. Rabbi Eliezer seems to say, Ayn, Tachat, Ayn, Mamish. Ayn, Tachat, Ayn actually means poke out somebody's eye. So, Mamish, do you really think it means actually poke out somebody's eye? Rabbi Eliezer, lately, Kulei Hanei Tanai, is really, Rabbi Eliezer, disagree with all of these Tanaim? That would undermine our whole basis of this argument. It would also undermine the statement that this is, Devarim HaMikubalim Pi Moshe Rabbeinu, that it's an undisputed law. Sounds like Rabbi Eliezer is saying, that, yeah, you do poke out people's eyes. So, Amar Rabbah, Lomar, She'in Shamino Toke Evid. No, it means we don't assess this like the damage caused um, the way we do with a slave. That is the way the Mishnah described it. The damage assessment is how much would this person be sold for as a slave with the injury? How much would the person be sold before the injury? And then you subtract. Shamin Ke'evit. So Bilezer says, no, you assess the actual eye, how much the eye was worth, and not how much the person would sell for as a slave with and without the eye. Amar le'abai, ele keman ke'ben chorin. Rather, you assess him like a free person. Ben chorin mi'it le'idamei, but is a free person have a monetary value? That is, we only know how to assess a person's slave value. There's no value, monetary value associated with being a free person. Ela amar avashi, lomarshi, in shaminoto benizak, ele bemazik. No. We don't assess how much the eye 
of the injured party was worth, that is how much damage was caused, we assess how much the person who did the damage, how much his eye costs, and we make him pay that amount. So it's not like Nizikin, where you're paying for the damage that you caused. It's more like Kofair. You pay the amount of the thing that you now have left over better than the person who was injured. We saw that by Kofar as well. We had the Machlokas between Demei Nizak and Demei Mazik. Here it sounds like the Demei Mazik side makes it more like a Kofar argument and less like a Nezik argument. So how do you Charlie, don't, don't we have a, a value of a free person when somebody donates themselves to the uh, amount of a... But that's a little bit different because the only kind of valuation we know even by, by those kind of uh, gifts, if you say Demei uh, if you say my value goes to the Beit HaMikdash, you also assess the slave value that the person would sell as. I, so thought, it, I thought it was, uh, you know, at certain, uh, up to 20... And that's Erechin. Erechin is, is, but that's a very precise, yeah. unique kind of situation. It's not considered that that's the person's actual value. That's not what's uh, meant when they say, I'm going to give this amount. No, those are two different things. They mean they're slave value. So one thing, so there are two different things. If you say Erechi Alai, my Erech, my value, that's a certain category. And if you say Damai Alai, the, my money upon myself that's actually a different obligation that's a more variable thing based on how much you yourself would be worth it we'll get money. to that in three years <laughs> um, so today when we Two. don't have slave markets yes praise God uh, at least in this country sadly. Uh, at, least in the, at least in this country and many other countries right um, so let's say uh, someone is dead physically through someone else and they decide to handle through bacon well, we're going to get to that in just a second, which is that a lot of these issues we don't do anymore okay. uh, for this reason. So the Gemara says, so how, okay. Sorry, Dan. How would yeah. you make that assessment as a kofir, like a Rufia Mazik? That is, you would see how much does the Mazik sell for as a slave with his eye and without his eye. Right. 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 But it's, you would base it on the Mazik and not on the Nizah. But you still need the slave, you need right. really that market value. Right. Right. Anyway, there was a donkey who bit off or chopped off the hand of a child. Okay. Papa So he came. So he came to sue in front of Papa Barshmuel. Go and collect from him all four things. Don't we say there are five things? That is, if we add up. Nezek, Ta'ar, Ripu, Shevet, and Boshet. That's five. Okay, Amarlei, Levar, Menezek. No, I meant four besides Nezek. Now, what's the problem? It sounds like we're talking about a donkey. The donkey causes damage. It's not Hachovel. It's not Adam Hamazik. You don't get all five things. You only collect damages. So, okay. Kamina Amar. So, Amarlei, Abaye, Asabai, Sedaha, Chamor. Chamor who? Isn't it a donkey? Okay. And a donkey only pays for the damage and not for the other four. So go, go assess how much the damage was. And, he, and he, he said that he has to be judged like a slave to be assessed. So go assess the kid, that is a child, how much his child would sell as a slave before and after his hand was bit off by the donkey. So so he doesn't want to because it's 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 uh, very embarrassing. Zila bemilta. It's going to be degrading for this child to be assessed like a slave. So amrulei v'har kamechayavas la'biyinoka. So but so then what? So but you're still obligated to pay the damages. But just because he doesn't want to get assessed. So then fine. When he grows up, then I'll deal with it then, uh, more or less. That is, this debt is going to be hanging over me until the child grows up. Interestingly, of course, what was? Why did they get confused? Why, why did Rapper uh, Bashmuel was confused about the donkey that he said you should go collect all all four all five things? Because in Hebrew and in Aramaic. The word for a donkey and the word for donkey driver are very similar. Chamor is a donkey. Chamar is the donkey driver. So he thought, he said, there was a donkey driver chopped off somebody's hand. Turned out it was the donkey that bit off somebody's hand. So that's why you have to pay attention to the details of the case. It's going to change the way it's assessed. Ahu Torah. The alas yade dinoka. There was an ox that bit off a child's hand. So atila kamei They came before Rava. Amar lehu zilu shamai hu So go and assess the child like a slave to find out the value. So amru lei v'hamarhu de amar kohanishim keved ein govino tabibavil. Didn't our master teach us that anyone who's who's obligated to be assessed like a slave value, we don't judge those sorts of cases in bavil. 
because we don't have the proper smicha to have the authority to actually adjudicate those cases. So, Amar lahu lo tzricha di'itafas it must be we're talking about a case where once the person had already claimed or already claimed or already taken the money from the other party at that point then you can figure out how much it is and they can pay back the rest that is once you say tafas if he grabbed the money then you can deal with the case but you can't deal with the case sort of from the beginning that is because we don't have the authority to judge Knesset cases or to judge even uh, Nezek cases so Rava Latame Rava fits his own opinion the Amar Rava Nizke Shor Bishor we're allowed to judge in Bavel and nowadays as well Shor Bishor if one animal injures another animal Vinizke Shor Adam, and if a person injures an animal so Govino Tobi Bavel Nizke Adam Adam. if a person injures another person Vinizke Adam Bishor or if a person was injured by an animal those we cannot collect in Babel. So Mashna in this case Adam Adam in this case Adam Bashor. Why do we say those are different? Dilo Elohim Bainan because in those cases Adam Ba Adam and Adam Bashor we require that the judges be called Elohim. The word Elohim in in Parsha Mishpatim refers to the judges. It's Lashon uh, Chol. It doesn't refer to God. And the word Elohim could mean the judges, and the judges have to be in the place of God. That is, they have to have received the full smicha going back to Moshe Rabbeinu. But in Bavel they didn't have that smicha anymore because you're only allowed to give that smicha in the land of Israel. And once they were outside the land of Israel, that smicha was discontinued, so they couldn't judge those sort of cases. Veleka Veleka, we don't have that. Nizke Shor Bashor Bashor Badam. So what do I mean? If we say, but then what about an ox that damages another ox, or an ox that a person injured the ox? So nami Elohim ba'inan Veleka. Don't we also require Elohim? type judges to judge those cases as well and that's also lacking just the same in the cases of shor b'shor one animal kills another injures another animal or uh, or a person injured an animal we are their shluchim we are their messengers that is if you look in the um, so the whole principle we are doing their we are doing their messages um, messengerings that is the rabbis in Bavel perhaps rabbis nowadays as well serve as representatives of the high Sanhedrin going back to the last time when there was a Sanhedrin and in the last place in the land of Israel that is in Bavel they served as representatives of the Sanhedrin in Eretz Israel and nowadays we serve as representatives or not we but you know rabbis and, and Dayanim serve as as the representatives of the Sanhedrin uh, it, the last Sanhedrin that sat uh, and fixed the law so so it has to be something comparable then to things we are allowed to deal with that is hodaos things that people admit to and halvaos loans so Adam 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 Bashor so maybe you should say when a person injures another person or a, 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 an animal injures a person, so then why wouldn't you say that that also counts as, well, we should be their representatives? No, it should only be comparable to, um, to things that people admit to, that is monetary uh, obligations or loans. We can only serve as their as their um, representatives in certain kind of uh, certain kind of cases, we're going to have to see what. So we can't serve as their representatives in other sorts of cases. We should go out and see. So we can see how much an animal sells for in the shuk. So Adam 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 So you should be able to see how much human beings sell for in the slave market to assess that value as well. So and then also the the knasot that is you pay kesel you pay dal those kind of fines so you should have to be able to pay those as well so the say those are fixed amounts we should also serve as their representatives for those as well because those aren't assessments based on any kind of evaluation those are fixed on the price of the of the damage caused so the only times when we're allowed to serve as as the representatives of the Sanhedrin the mamona only for monetary cases but not for fines and here already we see the distinction between mamon and knas mamon is something much more fluid much more based on assessment and evaluation market value and knas is something much more rigid and fixed and precise and that precision also requires a higher level authority that the rabbis in Bavel did not have they don't even feel that their notion of shlichutahu ka'avdinan we're doing their 
we are serving as their representatives is enough to get them to cover Kanas as well. Okay, so Adam ba Adam de Mamona who so then what fine still one person punches another person a person injures another person that's Mamon that's monetary uh, injury so we should be who David we can only serve who in a case which is common Adam ba Adam de Lo but human beings don't injure each other so often Halavai. Um, but that's at least the suggestion here. It's not so common for one person to injure another person. Lo abdin and shlichu taihu. So we do not serve as their representatives. So the thought they did in Basel didn't hear cases of Kabbalah? Ah, okay, good question. One second, we're going to get to that in just a second. I just want to try to finish the... Well, let's pause here for a second at the end of the... It does sound like that. So if you take a look, it's in the riff and it's also in the tour in the first siman in, in uh, Choshen Mishpat. Um, the riff quotes from the Gaonim that the Gaonim, um, okay, it's right here. So the riff quotes that the Minhag in the two yeshivas, that is the two yeshivot of Babel, Minhag shtei yeshivot govin knas Babel, even though we do not collect knas in Babel, that is the fines, so we don't collect the knas what we do is we put you in cheirem we put you in nidui and until you're willing to pay of your own accord that's what the courts did in Babel according to according to the riff and the riff and, and the tour quotes that and the riff seems to really not like it it doesn't seem to fit the Gemara but that's what they did in Babel that's what they did in the Gaonic period in Babel yes the riff lived in North Africa the riff lived in North Africa but he was part of he probably either he studied with teachers who had studied in Bavel or he mm-hmm. received the tradition for, there was there throughout the Muslim caliphate right. was from Bavel right and actually there was an extensive well the the trade routes and the letters and things would be sent through the the Muslim world there was actually very good uh, communication they were under the same rule right right so I mean again the rift was maybe a few hundred years later but the yeah. tradition he received and the teachers he studied with went back through now Ashkenaz also had a certain amount of contact with the Gaonim, but uh, significantly less. Uh, and that's obviously many of the Ashkenazic departures from the Gaonic tradition are perhaps more from Eretz Israel and Italy and Greece and things like that. It becomes complicated when you try to pin some of that stuff down. Okay, so we're in the middle of the question of Shlichu Taukab. I wanted to share one point from Tosfot in Yevamot before we continue with the Gemara, just because I think it's important. Tosfot in Yevamot on, on Memzayin Amud Aleph, right at the top, is discussing the question of conversion. Conversion nowadays, well, doesn't conversion also require a Beit Din who serve as Elohim? It has to be a real Beit Din with Smicha. So that's one suggestion, at least. And the suggestion is, yeah, well, we, we could say Shlichu Taihu Ka'avdinan to accept uh, to accept converts. But then you have the question, wait a second, to be able to serve as Shlichu you have to say there's Chesron Kis, there's a loss of, of financial loss, and it has to be something that's Shachiach, that's common. So we could understand that conversion is something that's considered common, Shachiach, but where's the monetary loss? Where's the Chesron Kis? And Tosfa basically concludes, just like we say, just like we're concerned about if the court won't be able to judge this kind of case, then people will default on their loans and there will be no more people willing to make loans and then the lenders will lose out because the borrowers will lose out because that no one will lend to them because they won't be able to go to court so too Tosu says we're concerned as well the same kind of motivation even though if it's not actually a financial concern but to close off the avenues to conversion into Judaism uh, would also be a similar kind of restriction. Being too strict about that would actually prevent very many people who would be willing and interested in joining the Jewish people and being good, upstanding gerim would be closed off from that access. And therefore, we could say, we serve as representatives of the Beitin, of the Sanhedrin, even to accept converts as well. It's the opposite of trying to be dissuade. In other words, at a right. certain point, it's very positive yep. feelings. It's very powerful. Hey, those those right. who go, and we, we'll get to them in, what, yeah. five years from now, and again, we'll, we'll be able to see them again. Uh, very powerful sugyot about, about conversion. Okay, so the Gemara continues. So what about boshet, embarrassment, and pagam, uh, devaluation? That is something similar 
to the idea of uh, with pagam usually is in the case of onus and mifata. Those are uh, rape cases and things like that where um, the woman's uh, sense of how much she'll be able to uh, receive in terms of the marriage agreement, um, that amount that now that she has been raped is going to create a certain amount of devaluation in that sense. So that's the pagam. Also carries with it, obviously, the boshet, the embarrassment of, of, of such a crime as well. So those those situations, those are common. Again, how they assess what's common and what's not. A person punching another person is considered not so common, but rape was considered much more common. Uh, I'm not really sure how they t- determine what's shachiach or not, or things have changed significantly. But nonetheless, so maybe we should serve as their representatives for those as well, even though they're based on a knas, because there's a knas in the case of Onus Mufata. So in these cases also, the ha, Rav Papa, Agabe, Arba, Ma'azuze, Leboshet, so, so Rav Papa uh, collected 400 uh, zoos for Boshet for an embarrassment case. Vaha liate Rav Papa deshalachle Rav Chizda Rav Nachman deshalachle Chizda Chizda Knasa kami b'ayit b'Bavel. So he sent him Chizda Chizda. Are you really collecting Knas fines in Bavel? Ela ki avdinu shluchutayhu b'milta deshuchicha. It must be common. Veit bei chesron kis, and it has a financial loss. What's the difference between a Knas and Mamon? Mamon is something I actually deserve. Mamon is something. Someone is trying to take my money away, and I'm trying to get it back. That's mamon. That's chesron kis. A knas is is a punishment, or is a, some kind of additional component. The Torah said part of the punishment for doing this is that you have to pay this amount of money. But it's not. It's not magiali. It's not. I don't deserve it in any way. And that's the difference between mamon and knas. Knas fundamentally is something the Beit Din imposes. It's not something that the uh, litigant uh, deserves in any sense. So milta the shikich of the lepis chesron keys, things which are common, even though they lack chesron keys, you could not. Ina the milta the shikicha. If it's not common, ve'it be chesron keys. And even if it has chesron keys, that is, you're losing out on money, but it's not so common. Lo abdin and shulchutaihu. We cannot serve as their representatives. Hilchach Adam Adam. Therefore, one person injuring another person, even though there is financial loss, that is, there is nezek and boshet and 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 tsar and ripui, since it's not so common, lo abdinan In that case, we cannot serve as their representative. That is, we are not allowed to collect in those cases. So boshet. What about boshet embarrassment? It's very common. Kevan the late since there is no real sense of chesron kis, that is, the amount of money you pay for boshet is not really that you lost money; it's that someone is paying you back for something they did to you. You were embarrassed by the situation, so it's not that someone took your money away and now they're giving it back. They made fun of you and they owe you compensation for that. So that's not considered chesron kis. So love the initially So in boshet, we also shouldn't make uh, we shouldn't be considered their representative. The shore b'shore. What about if one animal injures another? Govim bebavil. We can serve as representatives in Bavel. The Hamar Rava, sure, Shehitik, Ain't Didn't Rava say if a, uh, the ox caused damage, we do not collect on that in Bavel? The Izik, the Azik man the ilema the Azik Adam. No, what he meant is that when it, it injures a person, then you cannot collect from it in Bavel. So my sure the Izik Adam, Afilu Adam the Azik Adam nami Ain't So then we should say even if a person injures another person, we shouldn't be able to collect in Bavel at all. Not just not the boshet, but not anything at all. Elapshita the Azik sure. It must be that Rava was talking about when an ox injured another ox. The katani He said that you cannot collect in Babel. Amri hatam betam. He must be talking about a short tam. That is short tam chatinezek. Chatinezek we saw at least according to some opinions is considered a knas. And we've gone back to the whole point that the knas for short tam you wouldn't collect in Babel. Hacha bemuad. But in case of muad you would collect because muad is basically paying back the full price of the damages rather than the knas. The Hamarava ain't muad bevavil. There's no, sorry, the opposite. Uh, I said the opposite. Uh, short Tom, um, fine. So he has to be saying that Short Tom, Chatsi uh, Nezek of Short Tom is more like Mamon, and paying back in a case of Shor Muad, once it's gotten to the point of Shor Muad, then you can't collect on it in Bavil. So Amri Diai Hatam, so how could they have made a shore, shore muad in Bavel? That is the whole point. If you can't judge shore tam case in Bavel, how could you ever get to the point where it's muad? It has to have been tam three times before it would become muad. So number one, 
So Amri, Di'i'id Hatam, Ve'i Maybe it became Muad in Eretz Yisrael, where they have real judges, and then the cow came to Bavel. The possibility number one. But that's not very common. An ox is never going to travel from Eretz Israel to Bavel. Meaning, people rarely made that journey. Kavachomer, that an animal would never, would it never be schlepped across. Okay. So, and then we can't serve as Shlichutayim for something that's not so common. So maybe the rabbis from Israel came to Bavel, and since they have smicha, they were able to make a shore muad in Bavel using their good smicha. So, 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 but that's also not common. Therefore, we can't judge this case anyway. No, it must be what Rava was talking about, that we don't judge a sure case in Bavel means a case which could happen in Bavel. That is, Shein Veregel. Shein Veregel are Muad Mitzchilatan. They're Muad immediately, as we already learned. It's only Karen that has the distinction between Tam and Muad. Therefore, Shein and Regel would be considered Muad Mitzchilatan, Muad from the beginning, to pay full damage, which is Mamon. And you could do it in Bavel. Nonetheless, Rava says, no, 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 we don't do it in Bavel. And that's where we'll leave off for today. Dan, I have a question. Sure. One second. Is the, the authority of the